RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Hey, what are you up to? You want to make a show? Maybe an episode of Mission Log Live? I'm Ken Ray. And I'm John Champion. And Ken's question was not rhetorical. How would you like to help us build a show? Uh, We've had one of those things that happens happen. Uh, We had a guest plan and their plans changed at last minute. So we thought, why not throw open the phones or video phones or, or, or things, whatever, you know, you're up for, we're up for. This will be a freewheeling show. If you have a Star Trek question, if you have a mission log question, if you want to talk 70s TV or toys with me or a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or They Might Be Giants with Ken, almost no holds barred on this edition. Of course, coming up with questions is only part of it. Then you have to get those questions out there. As always, there are a few ways for you to do that. You can click on the link to join our Zoom meeting, or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. You can also call me. Call me on the line. Call me. Call me anytime at 646-558-8656, 646-558-8656. Then enter the meeting code that you'll find in the show description and the comments. Then there you are with us chatting away. Now, there is one other thing that John did not mention. Uh, at least a few of you will get to play the lightning round this evening. Now, I know what you're thinking. Only big names like Dayton Ward, Lisa Hensel, Dana Gould get to play the lightning round. Oh, guess again, my friend, your name can be just as big. We actually have a few rounds ready to go. The question is, are you? Test your metal. 646-558-8656 is the phone number to call. 646-558-8656. Then enter the meeting code that you'll find in the show description and the comments or join the Zoom meeting or use the one tap from your smartphone. Um, by the way, John, you didn't tell everybody about the, uh, about the lightning round, did you? Well, see, that's the thing. You know, there, there's a lot of people talking right now. Um, if I could give them a shout out, but, but yeah, I didn't actually personally get to oh. all of them and tell them about the lightning round. I know that see. sometimes that's part of my gig here. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Except yeah. you never really seem to do it. Uh, we'll just keep that bit rolling and going and humming along and what have you. By the way, I know you said, uh, there are people uh, talking right now. Before I get to the next thing I want to do, do you want to give a shout out to those folk? I would love to. So there's Aaron, there's Jason, there's Casey. Casey already uh, has a question for us. What was the first sci-fi show uh, uh, that scared the willies out of you? And uh, it's a good question. I would have to say uh, maybe pre-Star Trek. I think just probably watching Twilight Zone when I was six or something. I uh, hmm. remember the one with the little uh, the 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 ventriloquist dummy, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. sure that I sleep for an entire week. Uh, we got you, John Cooley, uh, of course. We have Chris, we have Donna, we have Jason, uh, we got Richard, we've got uh, Dave, we got Chuck. Hi, Chuck. You and I both know Chuck. Good to see Chuck in there, and uh, Dave Tkechi. Just so many people, and uh, Mary Bauer in there as well. So great to see everybody. Now you all know what to do. You've been chatting. You've been saying hi. Now you pick up the phone or you click on that Zoom link and you get to join us. So everybody who did join us live, and I'm not going to name them all, mostly because John just did. Thank you very <laughs> much for joining us live, uh, either on Facebook.com slash Mission Log Pod or on YouTube at Roddenberry Prod. Uh, sorry to all you YouTube person 
watching because usually the YouTube numbers are pretty small for this show. Um, you heard what happened last week. You couldn't get on the YouTube because there was a thing. I got an article about it. I plan to read that article someday, believe me. Uh, wherever you download podcasts also, because if you're catching this later, uh, thank you very much for doing that as well. Basically, thanks for being with us. Uh, and now the most desperate plea of the week. If you like this show, hit like wherever you're liking this show. And, uh, and hit share as well. Share and enjoy. I think that's what we're saying. Share and enjoy. And I'm not going to sing that whole song. Uh, tonight is you, as we said. So that's what's coming up tonight. But we've got some other stuff coming up as well. Yes, yes, we do. So on the live show, as you can guess, we will have a recap and discussion of every new short track as they come. We already did one of those a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but coming up, just so you know, Calypso will be discussing on November 13th. The Brightest Star will be discussing on December 11th and The Escape Artist on January 8th. That, of course, will be the Tuesday after those episodes premiere on a Thursday. Then Discovery starts up again for season two on January 17th, 2019. That would be a Thursday night. We'll be back that Tuesday with a discussion on that first episode. In addition to all of that, we have guests lined up, some new, some old favorites, and as always, your calls. In the coming weeks, you will meet Dr. Andrea Letamendi, clinical psychologist and host of the Arkham Sessions podcast. Plus, she created the Psychology of Star Wars and Star Trek panel at Comic-Con. Uh, plus, a little teaser here, a personal friend of Gene Roddenberry who will pop in for a show. Cannot wait for you to meet that guest as well. So you know where to find us, like you should every Tuesday night at 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern. And then we go into the virtual reality thing because we've got a lot of VR stuff coming up really soon, actually. Um, a couple of nights from now, as we you know do this live and record it and put it out there, uh, Thursday, the 25th of October. You know, we're going to have to stop doing those on Thursday nights. I know, Next year, right? right? Because, yeah, I mean, because yeah. and, and, end of the new year, we should discuss the change of day because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm ready to wave my fist at the sky like an old man yelling at a cloud. Uh, October 25th is round two of the Mission Log Trivia. So we did round one last month. We're doing round three next month. That puts us right in the middle of the whole thing. If you know a bit about Star Trek, and honestly, I don't know if it's that I've been hanging out with John for as many years now as I have, or if it's just I've been more steeped in Star Trek. I don't know if this round is easier, because, yeah, I got to see the questions and answers. I don't know if this round is easier, or maybe if we're just sort of like in my wheelhouse now, but I would say... If you have thought to this point, I don't know enough trivia to really participate. I, I, I would normally say that myself, and yet I would feel pretty good about this week. So if you're on the fence, you're not sure whether or not you want to come and play, I say come play this week. That is the 25th of October uh, in Sansar. Uh, there are prizes, uh, virtual prizes for the individual rounds. But then when we get to the final round in December, when we get to the tournament, there are going to be prizes both virtual and real world. So, you know, why not come and play? Then one week from round two of trivia on the 1st of November, you can go inside Star Trek with us. That will be, you know, me, that'll be John, and that'll be Rod. Inside Star Trek is the album that Gene Roddenberry eh, spoke on, performed, produced. I don't even know what you call it exactly. Uh, some of it is things that are like uh, uh, speaking engagements that he did. Other things are him in the studio talking to different people. Uh, you've got him talking to Captain Kirk, not talking to William Shatner, I don't think, talking to Captain Kirk. 
You got him talking to Isaac Asimov. You've got him talking to Sarek, not talking to Mark Leonard, talking to Sarek. Um, it's an interesting album. And so we're going to go through and pick out some things that we uh, sort of find interesting to talk about. And then we're going to talk about those things. Then if people are there um, in Sansar to talk about them with us, that would be fantastic because it's not just John has an idea. John wants to say his thing. We move on. Um, there are things on the album that are worthy of conversation. And so we're hoping to do an actual conversation. So those things are happening in Sansar just over the next week and a half to two weeks. All of it is free. All you have to do is go to sansar.com, create your avatar, create your account. doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to have the whole VR rig. As long as you have a computer that can run Windows 7 or later, and it is Windows only, but if it can run Windows 7 or later, you can participate uh, you know, one way or another. And we would love it if you did. So, yeah, sensor.com. Tell your friends. Hey, uh, by the way, before we move on to the poll question, which we do, a few more <laughs> shout outs to people who are joining us there in the, uh, in the chat. There's Aaron. There's Paul. Uh, Josh. Josh had a very good question. He said, can I presume that John Denver and or Harry Belafonte references will abound during the discussion on Calypso? Um, I, you know, we'll do what we can, Josh. I, I definitely want to be there for you when it comes to uh, obscure and meaningless references. But uh, I think Harry Belafonte is definitely a shoe in. There's Thomas saying hello. There's Jason saying, uh, love your podcast. Just discovered it. Trying to catch up. Um, well, if you mean the live show, then you have very little to catch up on. If you mean the regular mission log, you got about 298 episodes out the, as of this week. So uh, you can get crack and maybe play those on double speed. And, uh, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, then you got James and you got John Roberts and you got John Caballero. Just so many people joining us. Hello to you all. Let's talk about the poll. So last <laughs> week we asked you original, original series or remastered original series. We asked that because our guest, Dave Rossi, was a producer on that remastered project. Now, I was surprised. Dave was surprised. The overwhelming majority said remastered original. 71% of you like the remastered episodes. 29% of you lean original, original. Now, I get it. I get the argument for both. Um, I, I think that uh, probably just as a matter of convenience, the remastered are closer to me now. And I, I, I not only like watching the new effects that it came up with, which were creative but respectful, but just the cleanup on the film itself is is pretty amazing. Um, but of course, I would never want to give short shrift to the original model builders, the original effects artists who did such an amazing job. Uh, we had a great conversation with Dave last week, and uh, a lot of people already asking to bring him back on. So we will do that at some point. Not right away. Got to give the guy a rest, but uh, we'll have him on for sure. This week, Ken... What's up with that poll question? Yeah, I was wondering the same thing, John. Yeah, <laughs> and so miscommunications abound this week. Um, I won't tell you what the original poll question was because we can come back to the original poll question at some point. Um, you got part of the poll question tonight, though. What's up with that? Mm -hmm. That's that's the poll question. Uh, I think it might sort of lean uh, lend itself to a visual thing because the pictures that we've chosen for it are kind of interesting. Uh, so what's up with that? We reach, we do not reach. Uh, right now, 46% of people say we reach, 54% say they don't. Here's the thing. If you were confused by that and so you went, we don't reach, we do in fact reach because I'm as confused as you. 
You know, I, I thought it was very fun to see people try to answer it. Some people just writing what? Uh, yeah. Some people uh, uh, mentioning the Kojak look on uh, Dr. Severin there. Um, just a, a lot of creative answers to what is a creative, nonsensical poll question that, of course, makes no sense because it's incomplete. So have fun with that, everybody. Have fun with that poll. <laughs> yeah, get those votes up there because... I, I know I joke every week that it really doesn't matter, but oh my goodness. Yeah, I was wrong. Up until this point, they, they all mattered so much more. But seriously, what is up with that? Hey, uh, we actually have a caller on the line. Do you want to do the caller or do you want to talk really quickly about the night change for uh, for Discovery? Uh, you mean we should come up with one uh, right right now? We should come up no, with... No, there uh, is one. Well, what? I know, but for us... For us. For, oh, no, no, no. We're not changing our show, are we? That's that's what's confusing me about the whole thing, though. White, like, maybe I don't understand the whole streaming landscape. Maybe I don't think of streaming as competing against regular television. But why all of a sudden? Because it was on Sunday night. And, and yep. we actually decided, okay, so we'll put our show on Tuesday night. We'll give people 48 hours. We won't beat everybody to their, you know, after show, watch, whatever. But, you know, we'll give people time to really, you know, digest it, give ourselves time to digest it, watch it two or three times, and then we'll go. Hmm. Well, now it's like, it's like four days. And what I don't understand is why, why are we moving something that, you know, for all intents and purposes, can be on anytime they want? Why, why are we going now on Thursday night? It's like they're programming against something else unless what they didn't want to program against was football. I don't, I don't see oh. this could be the what's up with yeah. that. Everything could be what's up with that at this point, but I really don't understand. Like they, they've set a habit now. Hey, Star Trek discovery is Sunday night. Oh, we're moving it to Thursday night. Why? Meh. Yeah. Must see yeah. TV. I don't know. I got nothing. Well, and here's the thing. I don't know if it comes down to uh, obviously the, the traditional Nielsen ratings don't really apply in the same way that they applied for network TV. But there, right. uh, Larry uh, Nemechek is great about talking about this on his uh, afternoon, his Trekland live shows Tuesday afternoons, I believe at one o'clock. Uh, he talks about all the other stuff that the network is taking into consideration, things like Q rating. So when you have these streaming shows and, and they're out there, particularly when you compare a show that releases all in one chunk, uh, like Stranger Things. It's really hot for about a month, and then it goes away and nobody's talking about it. Now, I would assume that these also are rankings that are taken on a week-to-week basis. Maybe CBS felt like, well, we get it on a Thursday, we kind of get ahead of when that ranking comes out. If they're taking those, say, through the course of the weekend, I don't know if it resets on a Sunday or a Saturday or something like that. Maybe they felt like we get it out there on a Thursday. Maybe that's just happens to be a good night for streaming. People are doing things on a weekend. We'll catch a little bit of that as it trails off over the weekend. I don't know. I'm curious to see if um, there's no reason for us to change our night, obviously, but the VR thing we might have to uh, to reconsider. uh, Yeah. kind of been our night for that um curious to see how, how much that affects people's uh entertainment and uh, uh viewing of that show who knows? who knows i can't imagine most people are going to care i find lately i'm just really cantankerous so if, if there's not an obvious reason for changing it then i'm like well then just quit it it just feels like it was somebody like justifying you know it was, so why do we have you at this desk again bob uh well i came up with this idea for moving discovery ah good man bob yeah, yeah. You're secure for another year, I guess. I don't know. It just, 
If anybody else feels strongly about it, hey, why don't you give us a call? 646-558-8656. It's a phone number to call 646-558-8656. And I really hope I got that right because I wasn't looking. Well, very good. Uh, yeah, so that's what you want to do is dial that phone number or click on the link. And then you can be just like our friend Barry, who did exactly that thing. And he joins us now. Barry, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, it's good to see you again. How are you? Excellent. Great to see you. That is a fine looking T-shirt you have. It, on this there. is a lovely T-shirt, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, you know, I was, yeah. I was, I was, thinking, right. it's been a long time. <laughs> Since I've, I've called, so we've talked. Yeah. And I was driving home. I was listening to some ELO on the way home. And I thought, I should just call up and say, hello, how are you? And have you been all right through all those lonely, lonely, lonely nights? <laughs> well, that's, I, that's what I'd say if, if I'd pick up the telephone. Yeah. Judy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, there is, I'll just go ahead and spoil it. There is a, a tiny, you know, blink and it'll pass by ELO reference in the next mission log coming out this week. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking for, oh, wait a minute. Look who's here. Hey, Beth, come here. <laughs> I'm bringing Beth over in a completely spontaneous and unplanned way. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> oh, oh, look, didn't see you there with the camera on and everything. <laughs> nice. And, and it looks like I think she's got a box too. We haven't opened this box up today. It just came in the mail. Okay. So we're not going to do an opening ceremony, but who's it from? Oh wait, who, who is it from? I think it's from Ben Robinson. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Noted, right. noted Star Trek expert Ben Robinson. It's from the Eagle Moss. Nice. So, so okay, okay, okay. So okay. I actually have, I actually have a question. Okay. All right. Lay it on us. All right. So now um, you actually, you, you guys probably remember I'm a, I'm an academic. And so I, I don't have my PowerPoints with me to give my slides, but here's a question for you because you guys are more literary than I am. I'm a scientist. And so without my PowerPoint, I'm just going to phrase my question. You know, when you watch shows like Star Trek or whatever like that, they always talk about transporters and uh, phasers and the Federation. These are terms that we help, Set the milieu. <laughs> oh, 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 this is good. This is really good. Yeah. And then sometimes you watch shows and they suddenly make a reference to, oh, famous captains like Archer. And we might call these things Easter eggs mm. for the fans who know. Mm -hmm. But then we say, <laughs> she didn't know I was going to do this. <laughs> but then, then we go on and say, oh, no, 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 that's not good because that's just fan service oh oh yeah yeah so my yeah. question to you really is okay with these terms when really does something become fan service and what's so bad about fan service as i'm watching star trek i would like to see star trek and if they make a reference to an orion i'm like yay when is it fan service and why is it bad yeah okay. do you want to do you want to get serious answer the question or do you want to made up answer the question okay <laughs> i i enjoyed um, into darkness more than a lot of people I know. Right. Um, that said though, there are several things that I think of sort of egregious uh, moments of fan service. Like when they talk about, um, yeah, picking up the ship that they got in the mud incident, it doesn't really play into the whole thing. It has nothing to do with the show. It's just something that happens over the loudspeaker, but it felt like it was people who were still trying to prove that they were making star Trek. 
Now you've got somebody playing Captain Kirk. You've got somebody playing Pike. You got somebody playing Spock, McCoy. You've got a ship that is supposedly the Enterprise. You've got people wearing Deltas. You've got the whole Star Trek thing going on. But if you're still like doing callbacks to things to sort of prove that you're Star Trek, that's sort of when it starts to feel like fan service to me, as opposed to just going out there and telling your story. Like, um, like Simon Pegg referring to a big green space hand. See that, see that to me was kind of funny because you, that's, that's not like that. It didn't hit you over the head. Like it, that one was just sort of an amusing throwaway that a lot of people who are even Star Trek fans wouldn't necessarily remember if they came on in TNG or later, they wouldn't know about that whole thing. Right. Honestly, though, it felt like there was less, um, there was less fan service in something like uh, Star Trek beyond. They just, they just told the story. In fact, I had a friend who was, who was livid because, uh, that sh- um, uh, city in space, uh, Yorktown, I think it was. Mm-hmm. He was angry because the Yorktown was a ship. It wasn't that. And uh, they don't even know Star Trek. And I don't know if he would have been happier if it had been a fan service moment or what. But I mean, it really, it goes back to, it's funny because John and I were just having a conversation right before the show about how um, some people have always been awful and will always be awful. <laughs> and so, I mean, that really may be part of it. It may depend on the day you ask them whether something is fan service and whether or not it's okay. I know there are some things that sort of hit me as you're just trying to prove that you belong here and, you know, just, just go ahead and play the game rather than, you know, pointing out that you're wearing the uniform. I don't know. I can understand if it was something where it's detracted from the flow of the narrative, you know, and you're spending a lot of time doing something and then all of a sudden, and then you just, you open the box and Oh, it's an Excalibur. And that's the whole punchline. Mm-hmm. But you know, when it's just a throwaway line, it doesn't, it doesn't interfere with stuff. I just don't know why if, if the term fan service is appropriate. I see it bandied around a lot and I think it's just people trying to be critical. I don't know. You're the literary people, not me. <laughs> I'm just a scientist. I'm trying to understand. Well, uh, there is certain, uh, there's a certain part of this that is very subjective. I, I like to see references to um, to other Star Trek, to other shows, and I like to see that uh, kind of uh, make that universe more complex and, and more believable. Uh, right now, watching the show, Aaron Harvey, who is a Star Trek, the animated series expert, he hosts uh, uh, Saturday Morning Trek on Trek FM. Um, he loves, and I'm right there with him, he loves it when something happens like on Enterprise, you show the 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 landscape of Vulcan and a Vulcan city that we only ever saw on Star Trek the animated series and, and that does two things you know one it's a, it is a clever easter egg for the audience that had watched the animated series but but then it sort of makes that series a little more quote unquote real to the people who watched it in the 70s and and beyond so it serves a couple of purposes there. I really, really love when uh, when, when you get to slip something in, um, even accidentally. Um, I, I love that uh, that Captain Archer maybe perhaps was named Archer because you have a reference to Archer Four. I think it's Archer Four on Next Generation. Little things like that help to make that world to me a little more real. But I totally agree with Ken here. When you drop in a reference to the mud incident, um, it, it's to me it feels a bit egregious that that you're you're forcing you're telegraphing to the audience, hey, it's Star Trek, hey, it's Star Trek, hey, it's Star mm-hmm. Trek. It doesn't feel like something that would really flow. You you might say realistically, 
hey, we captured a, uh, a shuttle. It's sitting in the shuttle bay. You know, something that's a little easier to get across the information that needs to get across. Um, now, to the point of somebody in our uh, in our chat, they said that that was a reference to the comic book that was the prequel to Star Trek Into Darkness, which is mm. cool, too. You're throwing out a little something to the comic book reading audience who wanted to get in on the prequel action. Um, but very often when it when it's a lot, when, it, when it's just too many words <laughs> because they're clearly trying to get you on their side as opposed to just telling the story, uh, I, I, I just get really weary of it. I get would, really tired of it. Would you say that a show couldn't make a fan service reference if it was referring to its own series? Like, like Discovery could make a fan service reference to if it, it was hearkening to something from Enterprise, but not to a previous season of Discovery? Oh, interesting. So if Discovery refers to something that happened in an earlier season of Discovery, they're, they're simply continuing their storyline. They're, they're continuing their, uh, uh, the, the world that they've already established. Uh, I, if they refer to something from Enterprise, well, look, I, and I'm certainly not opposed to them referencing something from Enterprise. That, that's part of their history, too. To me, it depends on um, how clunky it is. When they, you know, yeah. when they, I, here, here's a great example of that. On Discovery, they called up a list of, you know, the great captains or, mm -hmm. or however it was. And it, and it was Robert April and I think Christopher Pike was in there mm -hmm. and Jonathan Archer. But here's the thing. It was only the names that Star Trek fans already knew from watching Star Trek and only for that slice of history from the 2150s. Right. To the 2250s when uh, uh, when Discovery takes place. It's a bigger universe than that. I don't need everything to be yeah. just the things that we've already seen on screen. Ken and I have had this conversation, too, about Spock. We don't know what's coming in season two of Discovery. But, but so far, everything that we've been handed about Vulcans, uh, Sarek, <laughs> and Spock is out there and, and we're going, well, Vulcan's a big planet. There are a lot of Vulcans. Is Star Trek now just the Spock story? Because I think we did that in the first 25 years of Star Trek without it solely being yeah. about Spock. I think we got the biggest character arc out of Spock, which was cool. Um, but it, now I feel like it's time to move on. I, I like the references in there, but I don't think it all has to be about him or about the, the those narrow characters that we've learned in the uh, in the past series that we've watched. Yeah, I think that that, that kind of goes to what I was saying a moment ago. I mean, beyond actually went. I mean, not to not to make fun, but it went beyond, right? I mean, uh, Star Trek 2009 was reintroducing us to all these characters, but in a new situation we hadn't seen. Star Trek Into Darkness was redoing Star Trek II. Um, I, again, I did like it more than a lot of people I know, but they did not break any new ground there, except they did, they did an interesting thing of having a, an Indian guy played by a not-Indian guy. <laughs> which actually wasn't really a new thing beyond was the first thing that went that went further so i, I mean it's kind of funny 
yes, I could see season two of Discovery calling back to season one, but that just sort of strengthens that these are the same people, they're in the same situation, but they're moving on. That was the kind of thing that we used to, when we did Mission Log, in a way, we would fault TOS for doing or for not doing. It's like, hey, you remember that thing that happened last week? Hey, you remember when Scotty, you know, got his backside handed to him by a god, and then the following week he got his backside handed to him by somebody else from another ship? I mean, they never remember. I was listening to... um this is not to promote, but I was listening to uh, the most recent episode of the Trek Files uh, today, and they were talking about they make a reference in one of the Star Trek movies uh, to Bones saying, so I would have to have died for this to happen. And then somebody was like, yeah, Bones actually did die once. <laughs> right? In, uh, in and, shore leave. Yeah. And shore leave, right. I mean, like, really dead. Like, you know, uh, Lance through the heart, he's dead, Jim, kind of moment, right? Yeah. Um, and... I mean, you raise an interesting question and about the only thing I can honestly say is uh, it's a bit like art or porn. I don't know what it is, but I know it when I see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that would be the thing. Well, actually art is the one I'm sorry. I don't know art, but I know what I like and porn, I guess you could say whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think everything is, I mean, like what is fan service to one person may not be to another. And yet, you know, there are times where things will happen that, you know, one or both of us will go, uh, that wasn't necessary. Uh, somebody in the in the chat actually pointed out a really great one. Uh, Tate said uh, just uh, two words: Matthew Decker. And I, I don't I don't know specifically the reference that he's making here, but it got me thinking that um, I, I love the interest uh, the introduction of Will Willard Decker in Star Trek: The Motion Picture. He's this new character. He's he's his own guy. The drama is between him and Kirk, but if you were that much of a Star Trek fan that you, you know, these names sort of like the back of your hand, you go, Oh wait, I wonder if he's related to that other Decker that we met. Oh yeah. Wait, I can go read the novel and find out that he was indeed uh, uh, Matt Decker's son. I, stuff like that is really cool to me, but there was no moment in the movie where uh, Admiral Nagura says to uh, Admiral Kirk, um, we have your ship it's under the command of uh, of this new guy, Decker. And then, you know, Kirk gets up to leave the office. By the way, that <laughs> Decker is related to that other Decker. You might remember he killed himself on the Constellation all those years ago. It was in a machine that was kind of like a doomsday machine. <laughs> right. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of it, too. Maybe it's trusting the audience or trusting your own writing. I don't know. Like when uh, when they re-released the director's cut of um, Wrath of Khan a couple of years ago, I was actually really excited. I guess that was about a year ago, wasn't it? I was really excited to see what stuff we hadn't seen before. And it turns out they were absolutely right to leave all of that on the cutting group floor as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Like I had heard a rumor that the kid who never left his post was actually Scotty's nephew. And I was always like, wow, I'm really glad they cut that out. And then when you saw the re-release, uh, they put that part back in. And the thing is, you kind of have to trust your director enough that he's going to be able to get those emotions out. You kind of have to trust the cast, I mean, the, the audience enough that they're going to feel bad for this guy, whether they know him or not, because this is Star Trek. He did his best possible work, and we're going to feel for that, right? It's going that extra, it's pulling that extra string. It, it's, doing, it's making 100% certain that you really get it. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know who's not being trusted at that point. If you're not trusting your own work as a writer, if you're not trusting the audience to come with you, 
If only it were as easy as science, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hey, to um, potentially switch gears, I don't know if you want to go to another caller, but I have a, a very quick observation I could be I, I could make on something different. Please make your observation, and then we actually have some business that we have to do, but we might come back and address your observation, and then we do have another yes. caller. So okay. yeah, that's that's my right. whole night planned out now, Barry. There so I'll is. do it fast. <laughs> because I'll, do it, I'll, I'll do it. It's about, it's from Star Trek Runaway. And mm-hmm. when, when, when I watched Star Trek Runaway, I, was, I watched it, and as a scientist, I was completely flummoxed by this whole, I'm a Zahian, and I'm a twin of my planet, and I was born at the same time, and all this kind of stuff, right? And I watched that, and I thought, what the heck is she talking about? And, and then I watched it a second time, and I actually, I really liked it because, I mean, I know she couldn't be 4.6 billion years old, or however long her planet was, although I did think it was interesting that her blood was orange like lava. I'm not sure. But in any event, in mm-hmm. hmm. a, a problem that I've always had with Star Trek and most other sci-fi is that they're Alien cultures and characters are pretty much just humans with funny foreheads that we can relate to very clearly. Here was a person saying things that I listened to and I thought, what the heck is it that you're saying? You make no sense to me. I really think that if we make contact with other civilizations, if we can communicate, there are going to be profound barriers to to concepts that are going to be very much like that, where you're saying, what do you mean you're the twin of your planet? This is crazy talk. Anyway, I'll leave that there. I, I have a quick comment on that. Well, Ken, we should do some business, but I, I do have a quick comment on that. Want to do the business first? Yeah. Uh, are we going to make a comment like with Barry on the phone? Or are we going to say goodbye to Barry, then do the business, then make well, the comment, then move on? I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm just going to totally derail. I was going to make the comment while we have Barry on the phone. Uh, then we're going to do the uh, the, the, the business. And then, I had a plan. I had a plan. I know. I'm just, I'm here to screw up your plans. That's my job. That's yeah, um, we, we addressed a little bit of this oh, on the, uh, the episode uh, right after uh, the runaway. And uh, we all sort of questioned it. We all said it was just a literal thing. Was this a poetic thing? But at the end of the day, does it matter? Because if the poetic thing is just saying, I, I have respect for, I am a part of my planet. That's fine too. And the more I thought about it, there is a, a, a biblical scholar, I think it was Reza Aslan, but I could be mistaken, I heard him in a speech one time saying that if you went back in time 2,000 years ago and you asked somebody who is a, uh, a religious believer, uh, or let's say not quite 2,000 years ago, right after the time that Christ died, and you asked uh, one of those early Christians if the, the literal stories were true, the literal stories that then were written down and put into the Bible, or were they fiction? Were they, they something that was sort of created to, to uh, express an idea? To a person living at that time, they wouldn't understand the question because they wouldn't understand the distinction between the two. The story is the story. And the, the, the relative truth value has, uh, or factual value, I should say, has very little bearing on it. It's the, the truth that is more, in, uh, more important, the literary truth, the emotional truth of the statement is more important. Um, so I, I kind of thought of that when I reconsidered what was being said in that episode, uh, because, yeah, sure, it, it's crazy to think that you'd be four and a half billion years old. You could do a test. 
You could do a study. You could find the factual truth. You're a scientist. We'll leave that part to you. Um, but but to, to her and her people, posing that question may not have a meaning to them because the, the meaning, the truth and the statement is about how they see themselves. So, um, yeah. So there you go. That's, that's, I thought that's she meant her people as a whole, too. Mm-hmm. I didn't think she meant, I didn't really, I didn't get it with her saying it of herself personally, except in that she was connected to everyone who came before her so that they were like one continuous being through time. Yeah. So, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Well, then you also jump to the thing that we didn't know, and it didn't really occur to me until we were just talking now, but she's royalty. She's so, royalty. I mean, who knows if everybody on that planet would say that, but if, if, if power is going to, you know, guard power, then what power is going to say is, wow, remember that time that people believed that we were actually the twin of the planet? Why don't we run with that? It's good to be king. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. I just can't wait to be king. Context is for kings. And and in that literal scientific sense, if matter can't be created or destroyed, our atoms in our body today are atoms that were here on Earth and uh, uh, going back to the time of the the formation of the Earth. We are star stuff. I thought about that too. You know, I I thought about that too, you know, as well when she was talking about being her planet's twin. I literally thought about that, that they are made of the same thing. Yep. Yeah, it, it was it was a great poetic way to drive home the idea that she feels responsibility to her planet. What happens to her planet happens to her. What happens to her happens to her planet. It was a nice message. And there were many messages in that episode that I really appreciated. Guys, I think you've got business to do. Oh, oh, Barry, thank you for the key for business. We better let them go. <laughs> Be seeing you, gentlemen. Thank you both very much for calling in. It's always a pleasure to talk to the two of you. Great to Truly. see you guys. Yeah. Uh, 646-558-8656 is the phone number to call 646-558-8656 or you can uh, use the one top from your smartphone or join the Zoom meeting and enter the code and do the thing and it really can't be that difficult because people do it every week I really should try sometime I think if I'm ever not here and you're doing the show without me I may yeah. just try to follow the instructions to call in because I have no clear idea of how uh, yeah. of how it works uh, business yes there is business to do um, a word actually from our good friends at Eagle Moss and the official Star Trek Discovery Starships collection. Because, yeah, we were just talking about it. If you didn't know what Star Trek Runaway was, by the way, that was one of the uh, one of the Discovery short tracks that they're doing between now and when Discovery starts, which basically means Discovery's underway, which means the ships are underway. Eagle Moss wants you to get a Discovery Starship of your own, and then a whole bunch of other ships from the series as well, all part of the Eagle Moss Discovery Starship collection. I've got one of my hands right here coming up from the Federation side. Ships like, oh, what's this little beauty? It's the Shinjo. There's also the Discovery. Uh, uh, you, you have the Corella. You have the Europa. Um, just really nice looking ships. I love those two in particular. Have a look at them on screen here in the video. Then on the Klingon side, you get that newly imagined bird of prey. You've got the, here we go, Ken, the class destroyer. You're welcome. Nice. Yeah. Much, much more coming, of course. So what you'll see when you visit EagleMoss.com slash Discovery Starships are renderings that serve as the basis for the diecast models themselves, painstakingly reproduced, as always, under the supervision of Star Trek expert Ben Robinson. These are officially authorized by CBS Studios. They're anywhere from 7 to 10 inches from bow to stern. They're hand-painted. They're rich in detail. Each comes with the awesome magazine full of real world and in-universe information, and each comes with a display stand suitable 
for displaying your ships. What else would it be suitable for? I mean, it's a display stand for your ships. Putting on display if it were just a display display stand. But it's actually good for displaying things, not just itself. Whole new business for Eagle Moss. So if you're a subscriber, you will get your first ship, the USS Shenzhou, that one that I was just holding, NCC-1227, for only $9.95 with free shipping. Additional models, including the iconic USS Discovery, that would be NCC-1031, then will ship monthly for the special subscriber's price of only $44.95 each, That is a full 20% off the standard retail price. And of course, those also have free shipping. Now, if you'd rather pick and choose your ships, maybe there's one you like. Maybe you want the just that one or, you know, (laughs) something else. Uh, For that, you go to shop.eaglemoss.com or you can check your local comic shop. You're going to pay about 10 bucks more there. But honestly, saving money is not the only reason to subscribe subscribers not only get the ships for which they're paying, but they're entitled to over $100 worth of uh, of other goodies. I mean, stuff worth over $100. And of course, you can cancel a subscription at any time. The, the stuff that they send is like sort of the bonuses, though. Pretty cool stuff. So, you know, the longer you're in, the longer they send you stuff to keep you in. Now, if you would like to subscribe, you just go over to eaglemoss.com slash discovery starships. If you'd rather buy individually, go to shop eaglemoss.com and a huge thanks as always to Eagle Moss for sponsoring this week's show. Six hey, four six five five eight. Oh, I was going to do the thing. Six four six five five eight eight six five six is the phone number to call. Six four six five five eight eight six five six, or push the thing where you do the thing, and then you can be on the video with us. Perfect. And and you, you know who pushed the thing to be on the thing to do the video with us? Tell me. That would be Earl Green. Oh wow, Earl. Excellent. Well, well. Good evening, Earl. How are you guys? Oh uh, man, coming again from the ultimate man cave. I love it. <laughs> good to see you, Earl. Um, I had a thought. Actually, I have a lot of thoughts, but I had a thought after watching the season two trailer for Discovery. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if anyone's thought of this or not. I mean, with my luck, Larry Nemechek already thought of it and said it two, three weeks ago, because I haven't doubled back and listened to that one yet. I'm a little bit behind. But if we're going to have Spock having mystical, unexplained experiences, bordering on religious experiences, I would almost be disappointed if we don't hear the name Cybok somewhere in there. We we only joked about Cybok, honestly. I can't remember if we joked about the three of them together. I know we did <laughs> say at one point, though, it'd be fantastic to have Spock, Burnham, and Cybok all in a room. Um, yeah, I that would be that would be interesting. Hey, here's a question, guys: Would that be too much fan service, or do you think people have forgotten about Cybok enough because you know Star Trek Five was not the most uh, was not the most popular of the Star Trek films? Yeah, I, I suppose it might be like referring back to Jar Jar or something, you know, in terms of <laughs> popularity. <laughs> or, or, or here's the thing. Can you work in Cybok in a way that, um, that, that actually improves and justifies him being there? Look, uh, it, it, clearly, Sarek is a father with uh, a lot of issues. I, I don't know about Amanda as a mother, but, but Sarek so far had, you know, not really talked about uh, Michael Burnham or Cybok or Spock with each other. I, you know, they, they sort of know that they exist and, and Spock and Star Trek five is like, Oh yeah, I've got a brother, 
but uh, it, nothing else uh, uh, of that in history. Journey to Babel, there's nothing like uh, Sarah coming on board and saying, oh, yeah, your brother says hi, and oh, yeah, your sister, who you never talk to anymore, she says hi to none of that. So I, I do wonder if they could work in something in a meaningful way. Uh, you could at the very least give a tiny little backstory to, uh, to Cybok. At what point did he leave? Did he go off and follow some other weird sect that made him the person that he is? And it's just, just one more in the long list of uh, kids who don't get along with Sarah. There seems to be a whole family of those. Yeah, they yeah. do. Now, remind me, though, uh, Spock and Sarek were only half-brothers, right? Spock and Cybok. Yeah, because Cybok, yeah. I believe, was uh, Sarek's son by his first wife, who was a, so he was a full Vulcan and turned mm-hmm. out to be the least Vulcan of all of them. Right, right. Well, I mean, as long as we're going to keep going back to the well, it, <laughs> it would honestly, it would be interesting to, I mean, it could be interesting to have that, as long as they don't just play him off as loony. You know, I mean, season three, except then, of course, we have to have Spock for season three as well. And then it becomes less about discovery and more about just redoing Star Trek, which we're already doing on the big screen. I mean, honestly, I I kind of love there's a lot that I love about uh, Cybok. There's a lot that I love about Star Trek five. I mean, it's it. there's a lot that's really bad about it. But some of the ideas that it uh, some of the ideas that it explores are, are really interesting. And the idea of uh, Cyborg being basically one of the only people on his planet who's like, you know what? Nuts to the way this whole place is run. I'm leaving. That's how much you, that's how uptight you guys are and how much we need to be quite so uptight. I can think of many worse things than, than, than going back to Cyborg, especially if you're going to go ahead and go back to Spock anyway. Exactly. I mean, uh, at least we're not going back to Code of Honor. Because no one should go back to Code of Honor. That's terrible. So here's what's funny. We were actually, um, we talked to Barry and uh, and Beth uh, for so long. And then we got right up against the clock. I seriously did set up four lightning rounds. And we did not get to one with them. Now, I know you have no idea what the lightning round is, Earl, because that's what we say before people start playing the lightning round. But uh, are you game, sir? Oh, I suppose. Okay. Right. Um, we can try. Mr. Champion, do you want to do, uh, you want to do the top one there? Yeah, let's kick it off. Uh, Earl, favorite Star Trek series? Oh, I've got to go with DS9 on, on that. Um, DS9 is my favorite after the original, really. The original kind of stands alone. DS9 has aged extraordinarily well, sometimes in an absolutely scary way. Nice. All right. So favorite episode. Favorite episode. I'm going to go with Darmok on that one. Ooh, nice. Okay. It's it's not the end of the universe. It's just this one little isolated conflict and they have to think their way out of it instead of shooting, which Riker tries to do to no avail. Uh, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'll ask anyway. Have you seen the animated series? Oh, of course. Excellent. Uh, it's date night, Earl, not you and me, just people in general. Uh, Arboretum or 10 forward? 10 forward. Got to go with the view. Okay. All right. Uh, Earl, your favorite tech from Star Trek? I'm going to say that would probably have to be the holodeck. Um, I just, 
so much of the other tech has actually come to pass, more or less. Uh, some of it unsettlingly. You know, I don't like that my voice recognition gets routed through, you know, a data farm, possibly in some other country. And so all of that's on files somewhere. Uh, the holodeck, I actually, I actually like. That's one that we still don't have. We still aspire to. All right. Earl, who's your doctor? I have to say Phlox. And he has a fine head of hair, and uh, he, his general disposition really matches with my own. I have to give uh, Pulaski an honorable mention there, though, because I am that guy who likes Dr. Pulaski. Yeah, no, you're not the only one. I think she was one of the strongest doctors on the show, honestly. But, um, you know, that's me. Can I tell you really quickly before we get to the last question here? Um, Favorite episode, not from Deep Space Nine. Favorite technology, not from Deep Space Nine. Favorite doctor, not from Deep Space Nine. But your favorite series is Deep Space Nine. It's kind of interesting, which I'm not saying anything bad about it. It's just weird, right? Because it's your favorite series, and yet the individual things that you that you pull, you pull from other places. Well, I like DS9 because it's it really is the first show where they remember what happened last week. Mm. And, you know, the audience has to remember and you know they kind of start to treat us intelligently as an audience there even tng tended to forget what happened last week you know captured and brainwashed by the borg oh you know two weeks max you know <laughs> take some personal leave get over it yeah because then we're gonna we're gonna wait then until the movie and then really have that payoff and of course uh, the last question uh, have you ever been to vulcan alberta canada no, the only time I've ever been to Canada, as a matter of fact, was Toronto, and it was for a UPN affiliates promotion meeting. No. Well, you know, Toronto is okay, too. Yeah. I like Toronto. <laughs> I actually like Toronto quite a bit. That's one of the only cities. That and Niagara Falls are actually the only two cities that I've been to in Canada, unless you count, no, I think Niagara by the Lake and St. Catharines or something, basically all like in the Niagara Falls region. And nobody cares, Earl. Nobody cares. <laughs> where I've been to in Canada, because I also haven't been to Vulcan, Alberta, Canada. Anything else on your mind tonight, sir? Um, I kind of went on a terror on Twitter about this the other day. I would love it if CBS All Access would set aside one short trek per year for a fan-written script contest. You know, maybe name it in honor of Michael Piller, who discovered people like Ron Moore and Renee Echevarria and Brandon Braga. Um, I, I think it would be fun to do that. It would get people engaged with the show a lot more. I just, however, I have a feeling the Hollywood legalese being what it is, they'd probably break out in a cold sweat at the very thought of it. I, I love that idea so much. And I wish we knew somebody connected to the production to uh, make that pitch. But that, that is awesome. That would be so cool to see that happen and name it after Michael Piller. Absolutely. I think that would be amazing. Good call, man. I, I'm sorry that I missed that on, uh, on Twitter, but I, I hope it got a little traction. It, it got a few likes and retweets. Okay. Yeah. All, all both of the people who follow me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Earl, thank you so much, man. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Six four six five five eight eight six five six is the phone number to call. Six four six five five eight eight six five six, or you can click on the one tap from your smartphone or uh, join our Zoom meeting. Uh, you'll do that the way you do that. 
and then uh, enter the code with the thing and the do and the hey. Uh, coming up, by the way, in about uh, 40 minutes or so, our good friends at Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, are going to take to, I was going to say the airwaves, but they're not really airwaves, are, are they? The electrons, the tubes, if you will. Uh, each Tuesday night at 11.30 Eastern, 8.30 Pacific, Elijah, Kenna, and Anthony bring you news from all over the Star Trek multiverse. It's a multiverse, you say? Yes, it is a Star Trek multiverse, and one that they've been talking about Oh, golly, I can't even remember how long they've been talking about the Star Trek multiverse. Uh, TV and movie news, gaming news, literary reviews, plus just a ton of other stuff as well. They kick off, as I say, at the bottom of the hour. So go grab yourself a snack, stretch your legs, do whatever you need to do, and then come back to facebook.com slash priority one podcast at 1130 Eastern, 830 Pacific if you want to catch the show live. Or um, if you can't make it live, they go up every Friday. Every Friday morning, well, every Friday, sometimes it's morning, sometimes it's afternoon. I, I do a few podcasts and they don't ever go on at the exact moment that they should. But every Friday, the, uh, the produced show comes out. So wherever you download podcasts, download Priority One or go to podcast.roddenberry.com and you can find, you can find, uh, find our show and a bunch of other shows, including Priority One. Good. Um, here's what's kind of funny. Yeah. Well, we don't have any callers right now. Mm-hmm. You and I have never actually played the lightning round. And we didn't talk about playing the lightning round, but dude. Yeah. Do you want to play the lightning round or do you want to answer an email? Uh, well, you know, that, that email question that I pulled that, that actually we had discussed off air, I, I believe with Dr. Ali, because that was one of those shows where we talked for about a half an hour after the show. Um, yeah. That is one of those questions that's provocative enough. We should probably save it for a show where we've got a half an hour. But okay. now we, we've got seven minutes. Yeah, we got so, seven minutes now. That's that's not a half an hour. No, that is definitely not a half an hour. So <laughs> lightning round, I think we can do I think we can do the lightning round. You want to try it, really? Yeah. Because yeah. I've got one there that's all my color, so I could ask you all of those. Yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, you've got I'll one finish. that's all yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Um all right, all right. So so this is actually themed. I actually themed these last two uh lightning rounds. Okay. So okay. so you're going on a trip. Mr. Champion, you're going on a trip. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite Star Trek starship? Oh, uh, easy. The 1701 refit, not the 1701A. Okay. As seen in the motion picture is mm-hmm. what you're saying. Yeah, motion okay. picture and Wrath of Khan took a beat right. the Wrath of Khan and then got destroyed in Star Trek 3. Absolutely wrecked. Yes. Yeah, which you yeah. actually have hanging on your Christmas tree if you were good enough to get it a couple of years right. ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, engineering, science, or ops? Mm, I'm going to go, uh, I have no talent for engineering or science, so I'm going to go ops because, you know, fail at those two and we'll, we'll just see how I do at ops. Okay, sure. Just keep getting promoted up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's, what's your warp speed? Warp five. Didn't, didn't okay. have to hesitate about it. And, and here's the reason, because it's so important in the series Enterprise that that is the first warp five ship. So. Okay. That, that to me is cool. It's like, it's an important thing. It's a barrier. It's like Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier. So to me, that's just like a, a, a momentous warp speed. Uh, favorite holodeck character? Uh, Minuet. Thank you. I was going to say, because if you got that wrong, that would have been <laughs> one that you got wrong. And there are no wrong answers except okay. for you for that one. It's because I, I like jazz too. I happen to actually really like jazz. and. <laughs> Right. And if you like jazz, who wouldn't like jazz too? See? Electric boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you can go to one planet from Star Trek. Which one do you go to? 
Oh, Ryza. I mean, come on. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, beam I don't down. know how the oh, food is, is, though. Don't know how the food is. This is hysterical because I know the answer for you for this. Uh, no, I don't. Actually, I'm not sure. Beam down or shuttlecraft? Oh, beam down. Yeah. Uh, le- less of a chance for turbulence. If, if you- something goes wrong, you won't know. I won't know. And there, <laughs> there could be two of me to, to fight it out later. Yeah, there could. That, that, that'd be great. Yeah. And finally, um, I don't know the answer to this question, John. Have you ever been yeah. to Vulcan, Alberta, Canada? Oh, gosh. Let me. Uh, hmm. No, no, Ken. Okay. I've not been to Vulcan, Alberta, Canada. Uh, All right. Got a sponsorship from the Canadian Tourism Bureau. Let's see about changing that one day. Yes, right. Mission log. Take yeah. us to Canada. Take us to Canada. All right. So, well, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. How, how would you now like to be the recipient? of a lightning round yourself. You ready for this? I kind of wish I had known it was coming because I really, I don't, I'm afraid now that I'm going to do horribly, but, but let's see. Maybe Ken, one day, if we start talking before the shows, then, then you would know that a lightning round would be coming because I would, I'd give you a heads up. I'm against it. And I stand for my reasons by my reasons, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. I'm ready. Ken, favorite Star Trek movie. Oh, you went to a different list. Okay, that's fine. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, well, of course, because yeah. that's, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, actually going to jump down to the other list because I can't. Oh, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Favorite beast from Star Trek. <laughs> See, and I even wrote these questions. Um, ah. Yeah. What are the little things in beyond? Oh, oh, beginning? oh. They're not really beasts, they're people. So maybe that's not fair to say. Probably what I should say yeah. is a same lot or something like that. But I really like those guys at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of Beyond when they ended yeah. up being tiny and they ended up joining the Federation, or at least one of them right. joined Starfleet. That was kind of cool, but eh, probably a say lot. And they just they just seem angry all the time, those little things, those little guys. Like they're adorable. <laughs> they're yeah. just angry. Yeah. Uh okay, favorite holodeck character. Oh, well, men. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we pretty That's much it. know. Yeah, yeah, done. Absolutely. done. She, how could you not? Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite bad episode of Star Trek? Um, oh, what's, what's the one with Caniclius 5? What's the, I, I can't believe I can't think of the, the name. Infinite the Vulcan. The Infinite Vulcan, yes. Either, mm-hmm. It's either the Infinite Vulcan or uh, Spock's Brain. See, I would go away to Eden. I, I love that episode for some reason. Maybe it's the music. It's a good, oh, bad episode. It's a good, bad episode. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, we got more out of Spock's brain than we expected to. I'm going to which... throw your curveball real quick here because Tate in the, uh, in the chat says, favorite bartender, Dr. Boyce or Guinan? Oh, Boyce. Really? Okay. No question. Absolutely okay. no question. El Orion's annoy the crud out of me <laughs> okay all right uh cardassians klingons or borg borg okay now here's the thing though the follow-up i already know the answer to this borg queen yes or no no absolutely Just not no way yeah. no how no yeah can no have you I, I i know that you're you're pretty well traveled you've been to a lot of places you lived in a lot of places have you perchance ever been to vulcan alberta canada you know, I would love to answer that question, John, but sadly, we have run out of time. Oh! I do want to let people know that Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry, technical production on Mission Log Live by Infinity Networks, producer Brandon Bradley, 
We would love it if you would check out the Mission Log shop. Just go to missionlogpodcast.com and click on shop in the upper right-hand corner. Our classic and new designs are there for you to wear, for you to drink from, for you to hang on your wall. That's at missionlogpodcast.com and then click shop. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network, including not just Mission Log, but also Mission Log Live, Women at War, Priority One, and The Trek Files. Thanks to everybody who joined us live or later, and we will talk to you next week. Podcast.roddenberry.com, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.